0: doing here as he uh, encourages them, but he also warns them. Um, Children of this generation uh, that are living have been blessed and then the children of them start going down the road towards unbelief. They went into apostasy. They went into ruin. Many temptations they had. The thing is, they didn't totally wipe out Everybody. And they had some interesting looking ways of worshipping. They had some interesting looking women that were different from them. They were attracted to things that they knew were wrong. And that is Israel's struggle. It's our struggle. We still have the world that we fight against, don't we? There are some things out there we're really like. And they may not necessarily be wrong. They could be too. But it's a battle. And we want to do things that would give God glory. If you can do it with God's glory, that's that's great. But there's two things that have been emphasized throughout Joshua. I haven't got even into the outline yet. But first, the covenant God... Made with Israel at Mount Sinai, which was the law that was given to Moses, right? Um, and it was actually done like about 500 years or so from the time that God had made a covenant with Abram. You remember that? Let's say 2000 and then 1500. Abraham, 2000 BC, uh, 1500, 1400, the law is given to Moses. The first covenant is made of grace. Because God is going to do these things. The second covenant, the Mosaic law, is about what you do. And you cannot say that that law took the place of the first covenant. It didn't. And there are two different things there. You have a covenant of grace versus a covenant of works. Which one is the only one that's going to work? The covenant of grace. Because we always fail with the works. So the Abrahamic covenant was, uh, it was a historical manifestation of God's grace. Uh, you look to God in faith. Abraham is about faith. Right? He believed God. It was counted to him as righteousness. In Romans chapter 4, we believe God and it's counted as righteousness. Believe, trust. He provides forgiveness of sins and uh, they will indeed be numbered among God's people. So there was a covenant God made with uh, Israel at Mount Sinai. It's based upon works, it's an entirely different kind than the Abrahamic covenant. Second thing, that, that's what we're dealing with there, those two covenants and the difference that they have. Second thing, I've been emphasizing the generation who entered the promised land under the leadership of Joshua. And really what I say that this is the high watermark of Israel. Just these few short years. It's a great thing. And they're living in peace and in rest. And their children then go on after them. And Joshua is warning the uh, nation of Israel about the curses, the blessings, and pointing that, look at the glory ahead. You know, look what God has done, and look what He's got for you. So He He reminds them of who God is and what He's done, and keep being obedient to Him. That's really this chapter. You guys ready now? Uh, who really feels bold to read uh, about eleven verses here? First eleven verses. This is the reminder that God is not. You got it? Yeah. Go for it. Twenty-three, one through eleven.
1: All right. A long time afterward, when the Lord had given rest to Israel from all their surrounding enemies, and Joshua was old and well advanced in years, Joshua summoned all Israel, its elders and heads, its judges, officers, and said to them, "I am now old and well advanced in years, and you have seen all the Lord your God has done to all these nations for your sake." For it is the Lord your God who has fought for you. Behold, I have allotted to you as an inheritance for your tribes those nations that remain along with all the nations that I have already cut off from the Jordan to the great sea in the west. And the Lord your God will push them back before you and drive them out of your sight and you shall possess their land, just as the Lord your God promised you. Therefore, be very strong, and keep doing all that is written in the book of the law of Moses, turning aside from it neither to the right nor to the left, that you may not mix with the nations remaining among you, or make mention of the name of their gods, or swear by them, or serve them, or bow down to them, but right. you shall cling to the Lord your God, just as you have done to this day. For the Lord has driven them out before you, great and strong nations. As And as for you, no man has been able to stand before you to this day. One man of you puts to fight a thousand, or oh, puts to flight a thousand, since in the Lord your God who fought for you just as He promised you. Be very careful, therefore, to love the Lord your God.
0: That last phrase there is what it's all about. Loving God. Does He love us? Does He love His people? No no doubt at all. What a reminder it is. Now, verse 1, it's a timing issue here. And there's two ways of looking at it. Now, it came about after many days. and The Lord had given rest to Israel from all their enemies on every side. Joshua's old, advanced in years. He's old, he's advanced in years. Uh, over in uh, chapter 24 verse 29 came about after these things that Joshua the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord died being one hundred and ten years old so he's one hundred and ten if you go to and let's just say he's about the age of Caleb right? remember Joshua and Caleb, they were going to go into the land forty years you know, uh, after the being out in the wilderness. They wanted to take them in there. They couldn't. Well, 40 years later, they do. They take them on in. So they're probably pretty close in age. If you turn to chapter 13 of Joshua, verse 1, we can see how old Caleb was. Uh, now, Joshua was old and advanced in years when the Lord said to him, "You are old and advanced in years, and very much the land remains to be possessed there you have Joshua old, and of course the Canaan is divided among the tribes. Um, I think that Caleb was like uh, we had seen somewhere that he was like uh, eighty five years old he was ready to you know keep on fighting right okay <laughs> so if that be the case the same age you advance this on up you're probably talking maybe 25 years after they started the their wars you know against the other tribes so 25 years later this this could be uh, it's definitely given that near, near the end of his life though isn't it alright and it's probably not an entrance uh, to Israel it could be seen that way Uh, and then you have a long time because it says here now it came about after many days when the Lord had given rest to Israel from all their enemies I think it's at that time from the time that they had won their battles on till the end of where Joshua was at so somewhere within a 25 year radius 20-25 years So that gives us an idea. At least we know how old he was. 85 to 110 is 25 years, right? So somewhere in that vicinity is where this is at. Verse 2 says that Joshua called for all his ruling for their elders and the heads, their judges, their officers, and said to them, I am old advanced in years he definitely is at this time he went past the age of 85 <laughs> now he's 110 or close to it and these people are representatives they're uh, and they have a renewal ceremony here it's really what it is uh, they've obeyed the covenant God has blessed them they remain faithful for decades here now they've enjoyed the prosperity that God has given them they've been able to move into a land and take houses that they didn't build, eat the food, the grapes and all the whatever that was there, to you know to eat that produce and keep it going that they didn't even start. You know that, that is quite a blessing, isn't it? So they had a good time. So verse two is where he says uh, goodbye. I'm going to be going uh, <laughs> The Lord's going to take me for too long. I'm old. I'm really old now. I'm much older than I was whenever I back in, when I was 85. I was <laughs> <old>. <laughs> and, and he went with these men into battle on many occasions. The great leader that he was, they did what he said. What a victorious nation they'd become. So there it is, their leader... And they have been his soldiers all the way through this. They're a band of brothers, you know. They stick to it, and uh, all of this stuff that has happened has been in their lifetimes. So Joshua calls them together, verse three. And you've seen all that the Lord God has not. Do you catch it right there? See all that the Lord your God has done to all these nations because of of you. For the Lord your God is He who has been fighting for you. They knew about that. They were eyewitnesses. Uh, amazing military victories they had, didn't it? You know, and there it even mentions one down here at the end where it says one man could, you know, take on a thousand. You know, just by certain miracles. You know, oh, walls of Jericho. <laughs> Can't forget about that, right? How about uh, the Jordan River? Just miraculously, the river stops. They're able to cross. Uh, through there as it stopped flowing they finally eat from the bounty of all of Canaan they have peace, they have rest they haven't had this kind of thing before God is faithful and that's the foundation for everything God is faithful remember what God has done for you I think that right there could have stopped, they didn't have to have any other uh, sections in that chapter that could have said it. But there's more to come, all right. God has done all of this. You've seen all that the Lord your God has done. Oh, yeah, that's right. Kind of forgot about that. Can we forget about all the blessings that God gives us? Can we forget about the promises? Yeah, real easy. So if the
2: enemy's job is, just yeah. forget.
0: God did it for their sake. says Joshua here. So verse four and five. See, I've apportioned to you these nations which remain as an inheritance for your tribes, with all the nations which I've cut off. So, you know, he you know just really defeated them himself, but he used the he used is the Israelites too. The Lord your God, verse five, he will thrust them out before you and drive them out. Uh, actually, he he's reminding them here that uh They played quite a role in all of this and even though God is the one who has done all this but it's not been completely accomplished and it's like God saying I will drive the rest of them out there's still a little bit of thorny issues there that they're dealing with Um, but God had cut them off all the success was by the Lord Um, There's always a threat of paganism. It's right at your door. Next door. It's close to us. 6 through 8, what he does here, he talks about the consequences. He reiterates things which God had warned, especially the consequences of false religion. Um, Verse 6, Be very firm. Be strong, right? You keep hearing that all the way through, Joshua. Be strong and gracious. Be very firm then to keep and do all that is written in the book of the law of Moses. Have you guys ever said to somebody, saying, hey, stay in the Word. How do you stay strong, right? Stay in the Word. It sounds too simple. Yeah, okay, right. But that's what it's about. Be reminded, stay in the Word, man. Don't forget. all the th- And do it. You know, do the work, right? Be a doer of the word, The law of Moses. So that you may not turn aside from it to the right or to the left. Oh, that makes sense, doesn't it? How easy is it to go off the path? Pilgrims progress. What happens? Stay on the straight and narrow. Just a little bit. This path looks nice. And then you end up in a dungeon. (laughs) (laughs) The hill of difficulty. It would be a lot easier to just go around it, right? Stay on the path. That's what it's all about. Anyway, um, it's always near. Uh, blessing, cursing principle here is, is found. It's just a principle that's always kind of been there. So he says in 7, so that you may not associate with these nations. I don't want you to be doing the same thing they're doing or being tempted to it. It will look awful good. These which remain among you are mention the name of their gods or make anyone swear by them, or serve them or bow down to them. It's all about you know worship of, of their gods, but you are to cling I like that in verse eight. Cling to the Lord your God, get close to him, as you have done to this day. I've always heard that you know God, you know, he is a God that will discipline us when we get away from him, and he can take the rod of discipline. But when you get up, you know, pretty good distance, enough. It's like baseball. If you get some extension on that, man, you can loft the ball. But you get, you know, the ball comes in on you like this, and it's really hard to do anything with it. And if we stay close to God, the, yeah, the discipline is not anything that hurts,
3: and it's good,
0: right? So that's kind of this what, what he's talking about here. I love the way that that ends right there in, in A. But you are to cling to the Lord your God, to Yahweh your God, as you have done to this day. They did it. Israelites did it. You know How often do we see that they're always failing and such?
1: Every
0: time after this part. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. And before this, right? <laughs> yeah. But all the time during the wars that they had, except for Ai, uh, and they took care of that, though, too. They went and disciplined the one who did wrong. God, being holy as He is, He expected them to do it. And He did. Our family was wiped out. So, be strong. Obey the terms of the covenant, the book of Deuteronomy and such. Uh, we're not talking about a works-based salvation here. But we are talking about loving God, clinging to God, staying close Right? And he keeps reminding them of this. And they're doing it. That's the thing. It's like Joshua. What well, makes you think they're going to do it? Everything's going great. That's the problem. When things are going great, you get lazy. You get a little lazy. All of a sudden, you really don't need God so much. Now, you'd never say that. But I can take care of this. Right? So, uh, of course, we've already re- turned to Judges too, and we saw that the, the people are. Enticed to worship, fail us. We get to there. Of course, we're reading First Kings well, at 11. This
2: time, did, they didn't have any proof of God. They didn't have a cloud or fire or manna or well, I mean, a Bible. or <laughs> I mean, They didn't have any Holy Spirit. They didn't
1: have. Which was the tribe that went and settled across the. Because they built those altars. They did build those altars, and then they did have those twelve stones. Yeah, well, I believe they carried with them.
0: Well, they do have a memory to go back to. Yeah. Jordan River. Yeah, but
2: how would you like to have just a memory to go back to? I mean, that, look at all that we have.
0: Yeah, that's and how where, hard it and is a, is, that's what we need to do. You're right, because that's where we're at. What all we have to do is remember. Wait a minute. Has God taken care of us? He gives us clothes. He gives us. Has He ever let you down and not having any food, a place to live, uh, just being able to live life? Has He ever let you down?
2: Well, Never has. Well, there's the enemy's going to remind you of hard times that exactly. you've had. Yeah. Exactly. But that's the whole and point. And I'm thinking He's here too. Yeah. And they don't have God. the Holy Spirit. They don't have a Bible in their hands, and they don't have. Well, but they do. But then they. But they. They have all the ancient history that's been handed down, and that's what God. Gave them that. I'm just grateful we got that Holy Spirit. And oh. I got my Bible. Right. Living
0: by faith, right?
2: Yeah, you got yeah. by faith. Word fact. of
0: God, the Spirit of God, right. we, we live by faith.
2: That would have been
0: part Not by sight. That
2: would have been hard.
0: But, but the thing is, they know, they've got a history, and they've seen the Jordan River. They've seen the walls come down. They remember the battles that they won that they shouldn't have won. There's yeah. no way they should have they come in there and conquered anybody.
1: Yeah. They told stories. Like, yeah. They oh, yeah. Stories, like I tell stories all the time.
0: Well, what would happen if you had a parent that, that kind of they, <laughs> they told you about all these things? <laughs> that Hey, you know,
2: they the get your attention. That but that's experience it for themselves. Yeah. That's that kind of that walk to experience it for yourself. You right. know your children all about it. And you, and you cannot know that they do not. what well, they do not understand about what you understand about who the Holy God is, and it's that personal. That's that personal walk that they have to. They got, to. I mean, how easy was for those rest. kids to believe that that cloud, during the day, and that fire at night was? A yeah, it's but so that funny. was. But, and like <laughs> yeah, a, really that, that, that was way back then. God doesn't work that way now. <laughs> that's where they. That's where you, you, you know people go with it. Yeah, you know, that was good for you that, that worried about but that doesn't God doesn't work that way anymore because I've tried. Yeah, you know, that's the attitude
0: you get. Okay, let's take this. Let's take Solomon. Who is the dad of Solomon? David. David. The greatest king of Israel, right? Okay. Now it's interesting. David didn't because he was a man of war and blood didn't get to build the temple. Who did? Solomon. Solomon, shalom, means peace. He had a time of peace. David didn't have it. Nobody else has it after him. It was a great time of peace. It's a a great picture of the Millennial Kingdom. Really. But you know what? In 1 Kings 11, you see Solomon's downfall. His father was a great king. He got blessed with all the, the benefits that come with being the king's kid, right? Just like what you guys are talking about. But he fell in love with foreign women. Not just one, or two. 700 plus concubines. And you know who most of them were? They were foreign women. They were unbelievers. And the problem wasn't with ethnicity. It's not that God says, okay, you're, you're the ethnic group that I'm going to deal with and all the other ones I ate. That's not it. But the fact is, they didn't worship Yahweh. They didn't worship God. Solomon fell into that. And you go, wow, this guy had everything. He is the epitome of everything that we would like to have and be. He had it all. I don't think anybody ever in the history of the world has had more than Solomon ever did. Talking about blessed. You know what? He didn't go through a time of war. He didn't really have hardly any kind of battles going on. He didn't suffer like David did, his father. Look at the blessings. Everything's going really cool. 700 wives? Are you kidding me?
2: Do you think he ever got to a time
0: that he didn't care about God's word? Oh
1: yeah.
0: Look in Ecclesiastes. All this vanity. Hey go up go ahead. Try it. Try everything. Try this out here. Go ahead. If you are God's person, do you know that you will come to this point where he got? Read Ecclesiastes. You're talking about the most depressed person in the world who had everything. Well, the children of Israel here were blessed with everything. And it shows you that when you get all these blessings, you start forgetting about God. And then we know through history that later on you have the northern kingdom, God judges in a few hundred years, and then the southern kingdom shortly after that. And they're split out Really never to be a nation that they have been. But nine through eleven. For the Lord has driven out great and strong nations before you, and is for you no man has stood before you in this day. To this day. And then he says the flight of a thousand for the Lord your God is he who fights for you. Just he promised you. So take diligent heed to yourselves, to what? To love the Lord your God. Does that tell you something? Let's finish it off. Here here's goes the second part, the curses. For if you ever go back and cling, instead of clinging to Him, to the rest of these nations, these which remain among you and intermarry with them, so that you associate with them and they with you, know with certainty that the Lord your God will not continue to drive these nations out from before you, but they will be a snare and a trap to you and a whip on your sides and thorns in your eyes until you perish from off this good land which the Lord your God has given you. Did it happen? It happened. Exactly. Yahweh was faithful to Israel in keeping His promise. And here it is now. We see that here's a warning. If you go back and do this, and he, he's talking about intermarrying, they did that before. Hey, guys,
1: yeah. thanks. Thank you.
0: Sorry Glad you bad. popped in. I know it's 7 o'clock. No, it's okay. <laughs> but um, a snare and a trap. You know what happened in Moab? The Israelites found themselves attracted to pagans. They married them. Do we know what happened after that? Yeah. Well, I think 24,000 people died as a result of that. Because they had forgotten, Yahweh never forgets, never uh, changes his will, does he? And so we see in the book of Judges, you see spiritual adultery. Uh, Israel will lose their land; they will not be the ones who are really in control of it. So he says the last part here, in fourteen through sixteen. Now behold, the day I'm going the way of all the earth, and you know that you know what that means, don't you? I'm, okay, I'm going to die. And you know in all your hearts and all your souls that not one word of all the good words which the Lord your God spoke concerning you has failed. All have been fulfilled for you. Not one of them has failed. It shall come about that just as all the good words which the Lord your God spoke to you have come upon you, so the Lord will bring upon you all the threats until He has destroyed you from this good land which the Lord your God has given you. Sounds like he just repeated himself again, doesn't it? last verse. When you transgress the covenant of the Lord your God which He commanded you and go and serve other gods and bow down to them then the anger of the Lord will burn against you and you will perish quickly from off the good land which He has given you. They're, they're experiencing this right now. And
2: 16 the this good land. Does, it say, does
0: yours say when? Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, mine says if. <laughs> yeah, it says when, if. if it, of course we know in one sense, yeah, if, if you do this, time. what's going to happen? But it's also a prophecy there because, yeah, they, we already know what happens there. God is a jealous God. Joshua is saying farewell, and I want to tell you, God is a holy God. Things might be going real well for you right now. But he says here's what's going to happen. So let's get into the application. We'll close it out here. Draw this to a close. You can say, well, that's Israel. God operated differently, like Kellen said, all I go, you know, and facetiously. But um, it's like God's not the same God as He was in Old Testament, right? Well, the blessing curse principle actually is fulfilled, how? By Christ. What is Joshua's name? Basically, Yeshua. Yehoshua. What's Jesus' name? Yeshua, Yahshua. There's a greater Joshua. His death on the cross satisfied God's wrath. We need not fear being what cast out of the land, because that's what He kept saying here. Uh, we not, need not fear that we would lose our inheritance. Jesus was the one that was cast out for us, right? He was cast out of the city. He was cast off in the in that he was killed. And God regards us as righteous as His righteousness righteousness Christ has put on us. That's a promised inheritance, isn't it? Do we know we're going to get that in heaven? Yeah. The new covenant is better than the covenant that God made with Moses at Mount Sinai. The covenant that's made with Abraham is the covenant of grace. And it's what God did Jesus is a much better mediator of the New Covenant. So, Jesus loved His Father perfectly. He fulfilled the commandment, what? To love God, to love your neighbor, right? That is what we see through here. It's not just a matter of just law. Be obedient, or this is what will happen. It's what it sounds like, right? Face value. But it's saying, love God. Cling to Him. This is best for you, right? You'll always have access to Him. Christ is the basis of our faithfulness to Him. We remain faithful uh, because He's a covenant God. Here's what He's done. Here's what He'll do. That's why Paul can tell us in Second uh, Corinthians, we don't, have, you know, we don't have pagan nations all around us, we have pagan people all around us. <laughs> and so what do we what do we do about that, right? Well, Paul then takes something, what we saw in the literal sense, in Joshua, and he brings this forth to the church. And so it shows that this is the same God with the same word. It's 2 Corinthians 6, 14. Uh, Verse 11. Our mouth is spoken freely to you, O Corinthians. Our heart is open wide. You are not restrained by us, but you are restrained in your own affections. Remember the children of Israel? The children of the children, right? They were were restrained in their own affections. Now in a like exchange, I speak as to children open wide to us also. Paul really cared for them. And these are the Corinthians. And remember those guys, right? Do not be bound together with unbelievers. For what partnership have righteousness and lawlessness? Or what fellowship has light with darkness? Or what harmony has Christ with Belial? Or what is a believer in common with an unbeliever? Or what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For we are the temple of the living God, just as God said, I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Therefore, come out from their midst and be separate, says the Lord. And do not touch what is unclean. And I will welcome you. I'll be a father to you. You shall be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. So Paul is really reiterating the same thing that we found in Joshua as they were warned of idolatry taking on the the, the pagan foreign uh, women or men. And they tolerated the pagan ways of thinking, and so Paul here comes back and knows the Corinthians will have that same sway. He knows the nature of all of us. We have a tendency, still yet, it's in our flesh, it's not in our nature anymore, because we feel guilty about it if we do it, don't we? But we, are, we sway towards that sometimes. And that's what Paul is warning here at Christians, that in light of all the good things that God has promised to you, why on earth would you want to turn your back on God and shun His love by committing spiritual adultery and mocking the very promise of God? Do
3: you think it's, that, that it was, should have been easier for them back then to not hear Mary than it would be for, like, Nanda, looking for a Christian wife today?
0: Would it be easier?
3: I, I'm, yeah, you know, like... I don't know how big the nation of Israel was at that time, but if you look at today's population it's and true believers and non-believers... It's, I feel mixed, sorry it's a mixed, the, crowd. It's oh, a mixed oh, crowd. Oh,
2: okay. For
0: I,
1: for the, okay, I get you. Okay, yeah.
2: Yeah, I, it's like back then. The young guys.
3: How do you find... Because but they had their own
2: because they had their own cultures that they lived all together. So you knew so for those guys to go do that, they had to literally go out, and go to right. other areas way to, to go find them. Yeah. But
3: here yeah. today, everybody's mixed up. <laughs> mixed. Yeah. How do you know? How do you find? I, I feel sorry for. Oh yeah. I feel sorry for the parents having to raise kids these days mm-hmm. compared to the way it was when I. Oh, you kids.
0: hear it all the time that you know you hear of like. Christian girls that would like to run into Christian men. Well, they're there, you know, and vice versa. Christian guys would like to run into Christian girls. Maybe they're Christians, but, uh, you know, I don't want any part of what, you know, they might be real legalistic, or, you know, they might have to wear their dresses all the way down and to the ground and that kind of thing, or whatever, you know, or they have to wear blue jean dresses.
3: You know. <laughs> the is, is Israelis, like Carolyn said, they knew... Yeah, because you're in your own race. group of people. They, right. they knew exactly group. who...
0: Exactly. It, it was made more made defined
3: right, right. in that but sense. Today's yeah. age how would you know? How do we truly know who are the Christians and who aren't the Christians? There's a lot of people going to church mm-hmm. that yep. really aren't Christians. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Believe and me, I, I
3: really feel sorry for the younger generation that's having to grow
0: up now. It's I, very I, difficult. Really, I, really is. And I see... I th- and I think it started in, in my generation. But at least mo- a big part of the population was a part of the church. And I'm not even saying that they were really Christians, but a lot of people went to church at that time. They were now today, I see that people are just flying out of the churches. And the generation that, well, you mentioned Nondor, uh, 20s, even 30s, I'd even go up one more notch. Especially, you know, and those that crowd is is not there. I mean, comparatively, the way that it used to be. How do you compare? Yeah, uh, we live in a society that, yeah, we're not Jewish people. That's that's the interesting thing about it. Or, or we're not, okay, uh, we can tell there's a demarcation. Oh, they're not our kind, you know, or whatever. And here in America, we're a boiling pot, you know, as far as, different uh, uh, what, ways of being raised up and different colors of skin and different everything. languages. Yes. That's not a real barrier anymore. The only thing is, you see, well, sometimes you'll see where Christian women get married to a Muslim. I've heard this several times. And I, I cannot picture why that would be. And then they uh, they're, they're taken over to their... Homeland, they find out how a woman is really treated there, and all of a sudden, everything just comes to light. You know, uh, yeah. It's, and so there is a demarcation there, but they should have known. Why did they marry somebody that was even outside of Christianity? That's a Muslim. That is totally opposite. And they go on, on and on. If they have different religions, Christianity and anything else cannot match. Now God can work in His grace in that, but a Christianity cannot match with Hinduism or Muslims or even with the cults, or or something that teaches false with truth. You know, it's it's how can you put that together? And that's why he said this here. Uh, you know, whenever you have a partnership, and of course they went on and and they were uh, their communion that they had. it you know, very, what was he comparing it? Light, darkness, Christ with Belial, or um, yeah. the temple of God with idols, and they're eating idolatry. Because a Christian was at
2: that time, that was, that was a lot more of a mixed bag of people that were in that culture, though, too, where Paul was sitting at there. yeah. So he was even saying, yeah, there is factors that you can know somebody, yeah, a spiritual sense of who somebody is. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's it's a difficult situation, and you know we're not Israel, so you know we can't do it like that. But he's saying, be very careful how you line up with with the world and any anything and taking partnership in that. And uh, you know it's you know we can be attracted to things which that can lead to disaster. It's a warning that what Paul was saying and. That's really what Joshua had in mind when he got with him because he knew they were a generation away from everything just being destroyed. And he, he warns them out of, out of love. He says, Love God, stay close to Him. And, you know. He'll guide your path, is
2: what Scripture yeah. says. If you stay close to Him, He will guide your he path. He loves
0: us, right? Right, right? And we're the bride of Christ. And he really cares about us more than anybody else does, but he gave himself up for us. He laid down his life for us. So, I guess Joshua's saying, "Don't turn your backs on God and what all He's done for us." Well, there's a lot of lessons that are in that. When you when you think about it, you know, He keeps saying, the, "Don't don't turn from God right or left. You know, stay true to Him." Well, guys, it's been great together. Together. See you guys. it. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this evening that we've had. And uh, Lord, your word is truth. As we've seen in Joshua, how you care so much for your people. And it's so easy to, to go off the path. And we desire that your word keeps us on it. Thy word is light unto my path. Lamp unto my life. So our lives want to glorify You. And as we be obedient to Your Word, Lord, You do bless. As You blessed Israel. And we know that we want to stay close to You. Thank You for this time that we have been able to actually gather and just to rejoice in You. In your Son's name, Amen. Thank you, guys.